Lessdoing.com. I think that it's time for your inner entrepreneur to come out and shine. Working with no limits. You know you're unstoppable. Flexibility and freedom. Showing you that anything's possible. Plan, execute, and get it done. No stress. We have overwhelmology 101. Lessdoing.com. My go getters make some noise. It's time to optimize, automate, and outsource. Woo! Well, we made it. This is episode 400 of the Less Doing Podcast, and I am your host, Ari Mizell. 400 episodes is no small feat. If you look at it, the average episode that I think we've put out was somewhere in the range of 30 minutes, right? So we have produced thousands of minutes, hundreds of hours of podcast goodness and content. And I think that's something to be celebrated. So in the eighth year of Running Less Doing, we are now at the 400th episode, and I can't wait for the next 400. (laughs) As always, if you have been a listener, if you're just starting to join us now, make sure that you subscribe to the episodes in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave us a review, because it makes it so that I know that we're doing the right thing. And now we have an even cooler feature because we're using Anchor.fm to publish our podcast. You can go to the Anchor website for the podcast and leave a voice message. And you can ask your burning productivity questions, anything that is on your mind that you think I might be able to help with productivity, business, entrepreneurship, you name it. And if it's an interesting question and I have an answer for you, then you will hear it on the next episode of the podcast. Since it is the 400th episode, I want to give a little bit of background and history and bring us to the present of The Replaceable Founder. So for those of you who have not been listening for a long time, the basic background of how I got started was as follows. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, the Wharton School of Business, for my undergraduate degree. And after three years, I graduated early with a degree in real estate and entrepreneurship and minors in art history and psychology. I went to work for an alumni who was in real estate for a few months, and then I was visiting a friend of mine in upstate New York in Binghamton. And while I was there, my friend Tony showed me these old buildings that looked just like the place that I had grown up in in Manhattan, which was a loft district, Soho, in, in lower Manhattan. And he showed me these old buildings from the 1860s, and they were gorgeous, brick, wood, and empty. And I saw them, and I had this vision that I could build lofts in this city of Binghamton. So I made an offer to buy the buildings that day. And I was able to get a loan from a local bank because it was a big economic development project by Binghamton standards. And the deal was that anybody that worked on the job had to teach me their trade. So I spent the next three years learning and doing every construction trade imaginable. I was working harder than I ever had in my life, and I wasn't taking particularly good care of my body. Three years later, I was 23 years old. I had finished the project. I had amounted several million dollars of personal debt, and I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease just a month after meeting the woman who would become my wife. It was a bad time, to say the least. And after a long downward spiral of getting sicker and weaker and 
more and more dire. I was taking 16 pills a day at one point and really felt quite hopeless. I was able to turn things around through a process of self-tracking and self-experimentation and overcame the illness. I was able to get off the meds after about five months, and I went on to compete in my first triathlon a few months after that. I became an EMT to learn more about the human body. I became a certified yoga instructor to help with my illness and eventually went on to compete in Ironman France. And while I was doing that training, which was a year and a half process, what I was presented with was essentially this stark restriction where I had been working 18-hour days on construction sites. And now I found myself in a situation where I could barely get an hour of work done in a given day. Now, most people, I think, would crumble under those circumstances, and I nearly did. But to me, I saw that extreme restriction as an opportunity to innovate. I thought to myself, what would you do if you could only work an hour a day, which was a very real situation for me? Because at that point, the question really isn't what would you do, it's what wouldn't you do? And if the things that you wouldn't do still need to get done, who or what is going to do them for you? And thus, less doing was born, as in less doing, more living. The original goal was to help individuals optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives in order to be more effective. Now, over the years, that has turned into several books, a successful coaching practice, classes, courses, uh, seminars, and all sorts of things. And over time, it morphed and evolved into more of a business-focused methodology, which became known as the replaceable founder. So when I meet people nowadays, I say that I help entrepreneurs become more replaceable. So I want to talk about what that means here on our 400th episode. What does replaceability really mean to me? So the purpose of becoming more replaceable is that I want you to be able to focus on what you do best, your absolute genius, your, the things that bring you the greatest joy and have the biggest impact. I want you to have the flexibility to work how, where, and when you want. And I want you to have the freedom to leave the business, if you so choose, in order to be able to contribute and explore. Now, I don't want you all listening to this to think, oh, I want you to leave your business. That's not the goal. But I want you to be able to leave. Because if you think about it, if you are able to leave the business and it not only continues but can grow in your absence, what more could you ask for in a successful company? And it's not an easy feat. The way that we attack this for people is we look at communications, project management, and processes. And that trifecta really determines how replaceable you might be. But there's a big difference between being irreplaceable and indispensable. We want you to be indispensable. We do not want you or anybody else in your business to be irreplaceable. One thing is that a professor of mine used to say, don't ever be irreplaceable. Because if you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted. And that is as relevant to an entrepreneur as it is to any 9 to 5 worker because entrepreneurs get promoted too. We move on to other projects. We get bigger houses. We go on journeys. 
Those are all promotions that you wouldn't be able to take if you were stuck in your business. You need to be in the mindset that you want to be able to push your business forward with your ideas, not your hands. And ultimately, being replaceable allows you that freedom. And freedom is an interesting word, and it's a buzzword that goes thrown around a lot, but there are two kinds of freedom. Something known as the liberty paradox. There is negative freedom, and there's positive freedom. Negative freedom is when you are seeking freedom from something. So seeking freedom from debt, or from the nine to five, or from the boss. It's a negative liberty because you're trying to escape something in order to have freedom. But what we ultimately want for all of you as entrepreneurs out there is to have the freedom to do something. And in this case, we want you to have the freedom to leave. Now, that's what replaceability means to me. What does replaceability mean to you? Something to think about as you go through your journey and ultimately become more replaceable. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being on this journey of podcast mania. Whether you've listened to one episode or all 400, I appreciate your ears and your thoughts and your feedback. Make it an effective day.